You are Locked On Cardinals, your daily St. Louis Cardinals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to today's episode of Locked On Cardinals. I am the host of the show, Lucas Smith. Thanks for tuning in this Tuesday, May the 24th, and every day that you tune in here on Locked On Cardinals, where it's your first listen every day. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Cardinals get a big-time win on Monday, and it was a dramatic win. Arguably, to date, the win of the year for the St. Louis Cardinals. They got a lead early. Michaelis gave it up late. Bullpen management was questionable, so the Blue Jays take the lead. The Cardinals end up coming back again and then winning it in the bottom of the 10th after stymieing a Blue Jays chance in the top of the 10th. A roller coaster win. Sadly, the Blues were unable to get such a win down the street last night. However, the Cardinals took care of the winning in St. Louis yesterday. Uh, that was not meant to be a dig at the Blues. It was just really, it was really uh, close to being two comeback wins for both the Blues and the Cardinals last night. Sadly, it's just going to be the Cardinals with the win. But I, I want to start with the, the with the grand slam. Obviously, uh, the grand slam by Paul Goldschmidt in the ninth inning or the tenth inning. Excuse me. It was <laughs> when you when you think of who hit the Grand Slam, Paul Goldschmidt, you might think, yeah, that was just Paul Goldschmidt being Paul Goldschmidt. And to a degree, that would be correct. However, you also have to look at the the rest of his performance for that day because up until that point, the man, the myth, the legend of Paul Goldschmidt, he was 0 for 4 with three punch-outs. So he ends up in the day with 1 for 5, three punch-outs, a home run, four runs driven in, and the hero in St. Louis. But the reason I want to start with, with, with Paul Goldschmidt's Grand Slam is not just because he, he struggled for the, the remainder of the day and happened to have a good moment. I think it's indicative of what we're seeing from the rest of the Cardinal offense this last, it's called a week. Yes, they struggled against the Mets last week in, in, the, in the midweek series, but we're still seeing signs of this offense vastly improving. And you, you might have thought to yourself, or at least I might have thought to myself, yeah, they did it against the Pirates. Big whoop. Are the Pirates really that good? You had a, you had a pretty solid argument there with, is this off, can you really say this offense is for real after a performance against the Pittsburgh Pirates? And now you're seeing the Cardinals put up this kind of offensive performance against the Blue Jays. Not scoring 18 runs, not letting Yadier Molina, Albert Pujols pitch, not forcing a position player to pitch, but a grinding mentality of the next batter up for the St. Louis Cardinals. Because Jose Barrios... Overall, was really good yesterday. Only, you know, he registered seven punch outs. He was ended up tagged with three earned runs, but two of those came in the, uh, the seventh inning. The first one came all the way back in the first. So for the middle part of that game, the Cardinal offense was really stymied. Jose Barrios was pretty darn good yesterday, matching Miles Michaelis for the most part. Uh, both pitchers ended up getting tagged with three earned runs and will, did not factor in the decision. But the point being, even though the Cardinals struggled for a majority of that game, they got to run early. The Cardinals come to bat in the seventh inning, down 3-1. to one. Michaelis gave up a home run in the sixth. Walking in runs in the seventh was Andre Pallante. The, the air had kind of been let out of the stadium, and when I, you know, based on my estimation of when I was watching it. You, you kind of felt, here we go again, one bullpen mistake, and all of a sudden the Cardinals are out of it, and it was over. It, it, the game felt over. It, it truly did. And then the life is put back into the stadium with Juan Yepes' line drive home run to left field. And all of a sudden, it's 3-2. And all of a sudden, the Cardinals had some life. 
in that seventh inning. They were able to put together some at-bats because after the home run in that seventh inning, Brandon Donovan put together a really, really solid uh, eight-pitch at-bat for a single. You saw Corey Dickerson even contribute to the fun with a single. And then Harrison Bader lines uh, swings at 3-0, which would you recommend? I don't know, maybe not. But if it works out, it works out, right? So Bader was able to, to put the bat in the ball as well. And yeah, they didn't come through in the eighth or ninth innings. They struggled to, to put things together despite a leadoff. Almost home run by Nolan Arenado. And yeah, they were they might have been facing some guys in the Blue Jays bullpen, especially that you know one of them got called up yesterday, I, I believe it was. So you, you might have not been facing the top-tier guys, right, per se. But still, the ability... To put together at-bats, to find a way to win was, was huge. I think Merriweather was the one that just got called up yesterday. And then Baruki, who, you know, yesterday after the two earned runs with no registered outs, he now has an 8-4-4 ERA. But even in that 10th inning, you know, the, the ninth inning, obviously the Cardinals failed to do anything after the leadoff double by Nolan Arenado. But in that 10th inning, we saw some really good things, okay? You obviously saw... Uh, New Park pinch hit or pinch yeah pinch run rather on second base. Harrison Bader struck out after two really bad bunt attempts and a really really bad swinging strike three. Albert puts together a decent at bat but strikes out on a on a two two count on a pitch that was a foot and a half outside or that was really outside. So those two at bats were, were net negatives. But then you saw Tommy Evan work a walk. Pitching change. Mundo Sosa works a walk. They were wild and Sosa almost took it on four pitches. Ended up being five. But nevertheless, you saw the good at-bats coming. Paul Goldschmidt takes two or takes three pitches. One of them was a ball down and in. The, the next two, I thought, were strikes. They might have been borderline at best, but they he falls behind one, two. Finds a way to put a barrel on a baseball. Line drive home run left field. Gone. That was probably worst-case scenario for the Blue Jays. Not even that Goldschmidt hit the grand slam, but that Goldschmidt was the one even facing the left-handed pitcher in that moment. I don't think the Blue Jays even wanted that. But with Sosa working the walk, that's exactly what happens. So this offense right now is a different offense than what we've seen in in this season. But why? Why is it this different offense? Yeah, you've got Goldie and Nolan Arenado that have, that have hit at certain points throughout the year. But it's the young guns. I mean, look at the names I talked about in yesterday's game. You saw Brendan Donovan had the RBI double in the first inning. He worked some really good at-bats late in the game as well. Had his blueprints all over the game. Went first or third on the Corey Dickerson single. Blueprints all over this game. A number of diving catches. One really, really spectacular one. And just a number of solid plays throughout the day. Juan Yepes with the home run to, to bring life back into this team in that game. To bring life back into the stadium. The young kids are playing, and it's not even Gorman or Libertor yet. Gorman didn't have a a great day yesterday, but you still saw the kids that the Cardinals have called up producing. I think it's given some life back to this team. It's given some energy to this team because you're going to have Nolan Arenado. You're going to have Paul Goldschmidt hit. That's going to happen. Those two guys are professionals. They they know what they're doing, that they can hit at at a constant level. You're going to have that throughout different points of the season. But the young guns have been a little bit more of a question mark for this team. And they have produced, I don't know, maybe not tenfold, but they have produced just about every way you could have asked for them to produce. Juan Yepes, Brendan Donovan, I think we're, I mean, even Nolan Gorman, maybe not last night, but over the weekend, he had a phenomenal start to his career. Phenomenal. 
I don't, I don't think we're, we've seen the last of of the young people producing. And even Bader's a young guy. He had the game-tying hit, right? He's been around a little bit, but he's still a, a relatively young guy. The point being is that this offense is different. O'Neal's going to have some tough time getting playing time in if Donovan and Yepes continue to hit like this before O'Neal's return. And if Gorman hits like he did over the weekend, O'Neal's going to have a tough time finding an offensive spot in the lineup, let alone a defensive spot in the lineup. And I'm high on O'Neal. I think O'Neal could be really good. I think O'Neal can figure it out, all those things. But wow. You got some competition if you're Tyler O'Neal. Young guys are producing, and it is fun to watch. This Cardinal team is still a young team, even with couple of questions, you know, aging stars, getting to the point of aging stars and Arenado and Goldschmidt, and even with a couple of, or a trio of, of older gentlemen in Albert, Wainwright, and Yachty, this is still a relatively young team that is going to be here for a while. And I think that that is something worth celebrating. With all the pauses, with all the, the pageantry, the grand slam, the wonderful offense that was last night, do have a couple of questionable decisions that I want to talk about. One that I'm not hating, and another one that I just... It's a head-scratcher to me as to why this move wasn't made. So we'll talk about that coming up here in just a moment. But first, I want to tell you guys about Bet Online because BetOnline continues to be the number one source for all of your betting needs and sports info. You can find the latest odds, news, and sports developments, including this year's basketball playoffs, NHL playoffs, Major League Baseball scores, fights, and even next season's NFL futures. BetOnline is your continued source for all of your sporting and wagering information from live betting, playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action because Bet Online is where the game starts. Bullpen management is uh, it's the mark of a good or bad manager. It really is. We saw it with Schilt, we saw it with Matheny. We saw it with LaRusso years ago as to why he was one of the all-time greats, at least with the St. Louis Cardinals. He was able to manage a bullpen extremely well, especially in that 2011 World Series. And a lot of it, or at least a decent amount of it, does have to do with are your players going to produce, are the pitchers going to do? Yes, obviously. But you can put your players in positions to succeed. Last night, Oliver Marmol got some heat for a decision that he made in the seventh inning. Let's start in the top of the seventh. Get a ground out by Hernandez, give up a single, you walk about it, you get a fly out, and then you get two strikes on Zimmer. You actually get Ochu on Zimmer, throw a ball high, and then a hit by pitch. Change is made to bring in Andre Pallante with the bases loaded and two outs. A five-pitch walk to George Springer. A six-pitch walk to Santiago Espinal. And then a ground out on the first pitch from Vladimir Guerrero Jr., Arguably the biggest threat that he faced that inning. I didn't hate the move to bring in Pilate. Pilate's had a fine year for the St. Louis Cardinals. He's a rookie. He's untested. You could say those things. I understand why he got some flack. I think I tweeted out he shouldn't have gotten hate. I think I should have phrased that better. He shouldn't have gotten all the hate that he received. Because Andre Pilate has an 095 ERA this season for the St. Louis Cardinals as a rookie. And it's not like he's done this over just four or five innings. Andre Pallante has done this over 19 innings. So yes, it's still a small sample size, but for this season, Pallante has impressed. It's not like he was bringing in Junior Fernandez in that spot, all due respect to Fernandez. 
personally, honestly, I would have either done one of two things. In hindsight, it's 2020. Easy for me to sit here long after the result and have you know all the, oh, this is what happened. This is how we looked. All that extra information that Marmol did not have. I would have either done Genesis Cabrera against Zimmer. Would have considered that move. Or I leave Michaelis in to face Springer. He was struggling a little bit in that seventh inning, but even, or just, just face Springer. But even in that, at that to Zimmer, he, was, he didn't look that bad. He, he barely clipped Zimmer on the end. It wasn't like he completely lost control of a fastball, hit him in the back. He clipped him on the, the elbow. Barely. I thought Michaelis looked good enough to stay in that game maybe a little bit longer. I really did. But there was an argument that a lot of people were saying on Twitter, why not Helsley in that spot? Because he has the experience to get out of situations like that. He's done it before. And the mindset that Marmol talked about a lot was best reliever in the highest leverage spots. Is Andre Pallante the Cardinals' best reliever? No. I know that. I, I, I acknowledge that. I, I say yes to that. Was that a highest, the highest leverage spot? Just about. <laughs> that could have been your game right there. So I understand that the grief, but like I said, the decision that I would have made, I likely would have left Palante in. Or excuse me, I would have likely left Michaelis in. Yeah, I know Springer had a home run against Michaelis earlier in the game. He also struck out earlier in the game. And Michaelis has pitched like an ace this year, so I think Michaelis has deserved ace-like treatment from the manager. I would have given a second thought, a hard second thought, as to leaving him in. I know he, he had thrown 99 pitches, so he was getting up there. What do you think? I know most of you will probably disagree with me. Most of you will probably hate Marmol for this decision. Marmol has definitely had some questionable decisions as manager in the bullpen management recently with the Whitgren, with the McFarland before the three scoreless innings on Sunday. I, I acknowledge that he's had some questionable decisions. The decision that I want to know more about, the one that I questioned more in the moment, came in the ninth inning. You've got Nolan Arenado hit a leadoff double, and it was oh so close. Danny Mack thought it was gone. Oh so close to being a home run. Juan Yepes pops out, so you're not able to advance Arenado. You intentionally walk Brendan Donovan to get to Dickerson. You've got Lars Newtbar sitting on your bench. If you're going to pinch run for him anyways, the next inning, Lars Newtbar has been killing it at the minor league level. Corey Dickerson has not been killing it at the major league level, despite a big hit earlier in that game yesterday. I would have liked to have seen Dickerson get pinched hit for by Lars Newtbar in that situation. I bet Lars Newtbar plays today, if I had to guess. Just a hunch, but definitely a couple of questionable decisions by Marmol yesterday. I didn't hate, I didn't like absolutely hate 100% wrong decision either one of them. I wasn't in love with either of them. I'll say that. But talking about bullpen management, Marmol had a pretty good bullpen to manage. Because even outside of the uh, Palante fiasco, he, he still didn't give up an earned run. Yeah, two of his inherited runners came around to score, so that's not good. But still didn't give up an earned run. But the bullpen was excellent yesterday outside of him. You have Gallegos come in, scoreless, clean, perfect inning. You have Helsley come in. He walks about her, strikes out one as well, clean inning. Helsley comes in, 
or excuse me, Carrera comes in with runner on second. He walks a man, it gets close. He's able to get out of it unscathed. The bullpen has been, I think, an unsung hero for this team. Yeah, you've got definitely some some defense mixed in there as well. The, the diving catch by Donovan. I know earlier in the game, Bader made a nice play. Tommy Evan made a phenomenal play at shortstop. But I really think that this bullpen needs to get some more credit than it's getting. And it's getting plenty, of, you know, it's getting somewhat credit. But I, I just think this bullpen yesterday was phenomenal. Now, you're likely going to be down Helsley, Cabrera, and Gallegos today with Jordan Hicks on the mound. Maybe not ideal. And likely Palante as well. Maybe you see Cabrera or Helsley pitch again. Who knows? But the bullpen yesterday was really, really good. Despite putting Palante in, the, in a position that maybe... He was not put in the best position to succeed. I'll put it that way. I thought that maybe... That, 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 I think that, that's the best way to phrase it. Marmol could have put a, a different reliever in there with a better chance to succeed than Andre Palante. Because if Palante gets that out, Marmol's probably getting praised a little bit more for trusting the rookie and, you know, trusting his gut maybe a little bit more. But that's not how it worked out. And that's, that is what it is. The offense didn't bail Marmol out, but the offense definitely didn't hurt Marmol as they go on to score um, two runs in that bottom half of the seventh to tie it, and then four on the goalie slam in the tenth to end it. So before the game started, there was roster moves galore for the St. Louis Cardinals, and I want to talk about it because it's some interesting moves, and it's intriguing to see what these roster moves will do for the future of this team, short-term, and maybe even a little bit of the long-term future for this team. So we'll talk about the roster movements and tonight's game coming up here in just a moment. But first, I want to tell you about our next partner, AG1, Athletic Greens. So what is this stuff? Athletic Greens is a way to stay healthy, bottom line. Because with one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source, superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging. It helps literally all the things. It's incredibly healthy and lifestyle-friendly. Whether you eat keto, vegan, dairy-free, gluten-free, it contains less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no nasty chemicals or artificial anything, while still tasting good and supports better sleep quality and recovery. But even though it's all those health benefits, it's still incredibly not expensive. It costs you less than $3 a day. You're investing in your health and it's cheaper than that cold brew habit of yours. And it's cheaper than getting all the supplements yourself as well because you're investing in an all-in-one nutritional insurance. Right now is time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. Just one scoop of cup of water a day, that is it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash MLB Network. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash MLB Network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Cardinals made plenty of roster moves ahead of the game yesterday. Steven Matz to the 15-day injured list. 
Dylan Carlson to the 10-day injury list. Angel Rondon was optioned down to AAA. Yadier Molina to the bereavement list. Uh, reports are that he was going back to back home for uh, son's surgery after he injured his arm. So thoughts and prayers out to the Molina family for that. Lots of corresponding moves as well. Matthew Libertor, recalled. Junior Fernandez, recalled. Lars Nukbar, recalled. Purchase contract of Ivan Herrera, Cardinal catcher that will now be the backup to Andrew Kisner that many think, or at least that I think, could be the heir apparent to Yadier Molina because there are some thoughts that Herrera is better than Kisner. But what, is, what does this whole thing mean? What, what are each gonna, these roles going to be for each of these players? Herrera is, is a simple one. He'll be a backup to Andrew Kisner. We almost saw his debut yesterday when Albert Pujols was pinch hit for, but regardless, we did not. That's okay. We're going to see Libertor get a chance to start. We're going to see Fernandez in the bullpen. And we're going to see Newtbar, I guess, ride the bench. <laughs> uh, but no, regardless, we're, we're going to see Newtbar be another outfield and another DH option for the St. Louis Cardinals, which is one that's much needed especially with the way Corey Dickerson has been playing with the injury to Tyler O'Neill, with now the injury to Dylan Carlson. I think Lars Newtbar is going to get a chance to play. I think he should get a chance to play. He was raking at the minor league level. Three or four home runs at the minor league level uh, in, his, in his time there. I'm really excited. The one I'm most excited for out of all these players, I think long-term I'm excited for Herrera since we haven't seen him yet. I'm excited to see what Matthew Liebertor can do in his second start at the major league level. Talked about it on uh, yesterday's show if you missed it, but I thought Libertor's stuff was really, really good last Friday against the Pirates. I thought that his line wasn't indicative of how good he actually was. So I am excited for him to get a second start. I'm sad that it's because of a Steven Matz injury and the Cardinals are going to be without Matz. But I'm excited for Matthew Libertor because I think he could definitely learn some things. The fastball control wasn't necessarily there throughout the start, but the curveball movement was. The slider looked pretty good. So I do think that the second start for Lewitor could be a better one, and it's going to be a tough one. It's going to be an important one because it's coming Saturday against division rival Milwaukee Brewers. This weekend series, you know, this series right now is an important one because every series is important. It's a home series. You're facing a really good Blue Jays team. But this one this weekend is incredibly important because of the fact you're facing a division rival. Incredibly, incredibly important series. I'm excited for Libertor. Junior Fernandez's role is going to be a minor league, or not minor league, it's going to be a, a reliever. And there are a couple questions as to why Fernandez, why not keep Rondon at the major league level. It comes down to availability. Rondon's not going to be available for, uh, I guess, three to four days now uh, that when this gets released. And Fernandez, in theory, is, is available tonight. Fernandez hasn't put up the, the, the greatest of major league careers, but that's what the Cardinals went with. There, there, there was a little bit of a question about that. But the roster shakeup is one that, that is un, unfortunate because you obviously are dealing with a family emergency with, with Molina. You're dealing with two injuries to Carlson and Matz. Not ideal, obviously. But it, it's, a, it's a roster shakeup that I'm, for the corresponding moves... I am excited for. I'm excited for Newtbar to get another shot. I'm excited to see what Libertor can do in another start. I'm excited to see what Herrera can do. He'll probably get a start. He might start with Libertor on Saturday. You know, give Libertor somebody that he might be a little bit more comfortable with. 
that might be an option for the St. Louis Cardinals. But the, the absence, especially by Carlson, I think is going to be felt defensively. Yeah, you saw Donovan pick it up amazing last night in right field. But Donovan doesn't have the arm that Carlson has. And if we're being honest, Donovan is not the defender that Dylan Carlson is. It's really not even close. So the absence of those two gentlemen will be felt. Steven Matz, yeah, he might have been only going five, six innings, but he was still, he was either on or off. So when he was on, he was producing. So maybe the injury will allow him to be more consistent as he is able to to nurse himself back to health a little bit. But I am excited for this roster shakeup. I'm excited for what these guys can do. I really am. And going forward to tonight with Jordan Hicks on the mound versus Kevin Gosman, tonight's going to be a tough game. I'm going to be at the game, I'm pretty sure. Not fully decided yet, but I'm pretty sure I got tickets and we'll be at the game tonight. So if you are, let me know. Bullpen needs to get it one more day because they have a much-needed off day coming tomorrow in which you can get everybody a day of rest before a long series against the Milwaukee Brewers. Let me know what you think about the roster shakeup. Let me know what you think about Libertor, about Fernandez, about Herrera, Newtbar, about anything that I've talked about today. I want to hear your thoughts on the YouTube channel. You can also DM me on Twitter at LJFastball. You can also DM the show on Twitter and Instagram at LO underscore Cardinals. And you can also email the show anytime at LockedOnCards at gmail.com. So tomorrow's show will be recapping this game tonight. Hopefully it is a Cardinal winner, and hopefully I'll be there for a St. Louis Cardinal winner. So until I talk to you guys the next time, be sure to stay safe, stay well, and have a fantastic rest of your day.